Let's open our Bibles this uh, evening to Ephesians chapter 3. This is going to be, is, is, tends to, has, I found out, has tended to be the, um, the benchmark or the foundational scripture into these lessons, into these teachings here the last few weeks. And um, I believe they're important to you and I because uh, anytime you enter into a season there, or, or a, uh, into a, a lesson or where there's a pattern going on of lessons going on, uh, there are things that the Spirit wants, uh, there's things that the Lord wants to get over to you and I that are foundational to the, and important to the lesson. And I really felt that this was really foundational for, for walking in faith because there are things in faith that, that, that need to be highlighted to you and I. Things that need to be seen, things that need to be exposed so that we can be victorious. So we can, you and I need to be victorious in whatever it is that we do. Yeah. Amen. And, and over in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, he says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we be rooted and grounded in love, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and that we may know the love of Christ which which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now notice something. This faith that we have, is it, it causes us to bow our knees. It's this faith, it's this faith in us that, that he, he wants granted unto us the strength to be strengthened with might in the inner man. It's this faith with on the inside of us that helps us to be rooted and grounded in faith. Amen. In love, rooted and grounded in love so that we can comprehend. See, there is a scene that needs to, there are things that need to be seen that are very important to you and I. And over here, there's a couple more chapters over in Ephesians chapter six. I'm, I'm leading, I'm seg, I'm leading into something. So please be patient with me. But in Ephesians 16, verse 13, Paul says, wherefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded around with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice what your faith does. It, it thwarts attacks. It helps you to stand, Right. And take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. But I want you to uh, kind of highlight two different things going on right here. One, that you have a shield of faith. And two, you have a, a helmet of salvation. One of the things that a helmet does, it protects, the, it, protects, it protects the head. It protects the head, particularly the helmet of that particular day and age was a Roman hel helmet. And that thing was very sturdy. It was highly decorative. It was it was decorated based on, um, like say, in 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 tribute of maybe perhaps battles that you you were in. If you were in this battle, you know how some people come back to have little hats that say Vietnam and or some say Korea. Well, those helmets were very de decorative of the battles that they won. Like maybe if they were, uh, there was an elephant, maybe they were in Africa when they were in a battle. So these helmets are very decorative. They kind of showed where this participant was in war at. 
And God has given you and I a helmet that shows that we have been marked by, we have been marked out by God so that, that whatever comes our way, whatever tries to hit and land on our head, that we are able to survive. But the only way we are able to survive is unless we keep that helmet of salvation on. It helps it, it, it even when, when you wear a helmet, there is a confidence. Like when we used to play football, I remember one year, um, one of the kids, one of my, my helmet had uh, popped off during, uh, during a football game. And my, as I was running with the ball, my, somebody hit me and my helmet popped off, but I kept going with it. And the concern was with my, oh, my head's not, uh, my head, someone could hit me with their head on my head. It, it's not covered. It, now things have become, now, now things have become unsafe. And so now there's a fear, should I say, now there's a fear that I might get hit in the head. See, when you're wearing God's helmet, when you're wearing God's complete armor, it's not there to be a, as a suggestion to you and I. It's not a suggestion to put on the whole armor of God. It is a requirement for you to participate as a Christian. The full armor of God is not, how shall I say, huh? It's, it's a non, it's non-optional. Wearing the armor of God is, how shall we say, important. It is, if you come up to work and you're not dressed and ready, you, you are ill-prepared. And many Christians are walking through life ill-prepared to walk the faith walk. And part of the mark of not being prepared is being fearful. If you're, if you're fearful, that means you're not prepared. If you're terrorized, that means you're not ready. But when you are prepared, you're fully equipped. You have your shoes, you have your sandals, you have your, your, you have your, your full, you're ready for game day. And too often, many believers are walking through life without having the, the helmet of salvation on, which is there to keep their mind straight, to keep their thinking straight. It's there so there is no fear. It's there to bring confidence to those who are participating within that battle. And if your head is not covered, what you're saying is, I'm allowing the enemy to take a shot at me. What you're saying is, that you, or what you're maybe potentially doing is you're treating flippantly what God has already provided for you and you protecting your mind the way you think and guarding your heart and emotions. Uh, you may not be thinking accurately that you need to guard those things. A person who doesn't guard his thoughts, feelings, or emotions isn't guarding his heart. You are not guarding your heart. You, you, you are allowed, when you don't guard those things, when you're not wearing the he, uh, helmet of salvation, you know, I find it interesting they call it the helmet of salvation because, you know, what it's, what essence is saying is, is through your mind, your salvation hangs. Because you, you'll either hang tough and believe and trust God, or you'll set things aside and allow yourself to be removed and taken out. Mm, that's good. And remember what we said earlier, don't mock God. Be not deceived. Yeah. Don't think that walking without a helmet. See, some people, you remember when Jesus said, was tempted by the devil, throw yourself down this hill? Mm -hmm. And he said, he was, uh, don't tempt God. Don't, don't tempt God. See, you would never take your helmet. If you're taking off your helmet and you're not spending time in renewing your mind, spend, oh, you're tempting God. Mm -hmm. You're tempting fate by not renewing your mind and protecting the way you think. Uh -huh. if, you're, you're, if you're not taking hold of thoughts, mm -hmm. you're not by using your words taking every thought captive to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, you, are, you have removed that helmet. Yeah. And how can you be fearless? 
How can you walk in total boldness of the things of God if you're not guarding your mind? Yeah. Well, the answer to that is simple. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not guarding your mind. Yes. And God wants you to guard your mind. Yes. Amen. You, are, you and I are no longer to be dominated. Yes, that's Come right. Right. That's right. Come on. You're no longer to be dominated by your feelings. Yeah. You're no longer de- uh, called to be dom- denominated, uh, denominated, uh, <laughs> domina- dominated by your feelings, your will, your emotion, yeah. by your love one day and your lack of love another. Second Corinthians 5, 7, 5, 7 says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. I'm going to say something to some of you who are listening right now. Faith is not an American gospel. You hear what I said? It's not American gospel because Abraham got faith and he was not American. And he was a father of faith. It's not a white man's gospel because we know Abraham was not white. We know we know that many of the believers that followed after God were not white. We know Paul wasn't white and yet he had the spirit of faith, right? So if we use excuse, well, that's a white man's gospel or, you know, I can't do that because I'm, I'm Hispanic or I'm black or because, you know, I, I grew up in a rough side of town. No, faith makes the impossible possible. And if you allow faith to work in your life, it'll remove the fears of inadequacy so that you may walk out in what is, come on, what is possible rather than rather than what's impossible. Amen. So faith, faith is the bread of the gospel because it relies so much very on God's word. You hear what I said? Yes. Faith is the language of a believer. Yeah. And if you allow your feelings to dictate, you miss it. Mm-hmm. Faith is not determined by what I own or possess. I don't have this or I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Faith isn't moved by any of these things. Mm-hmm. Paul said, none of these things move me. Yeah. Whether I'm abased or whether I'm bound, none of these things move me. It's a dangerous place when you put you, you say, well, I don't know, but I'm going to be a Christian because, you know, I don't have a house. I don't do this and I don't have that. And well, first of all, you don't tithe and you want God to give you something. So one, you're lying already because you really aren't committed if you're not doing what God tells you to do. So if you, then you're lying to yourself because you expect God to do something to violate his word in order to make a special place for you. In other words, I'm going to allow you to get away with something that I would normally not let anyone get away with because I've set standards. I have set uh, a way to live. And I set this, I set this rule upon not only for myself, but also for you so that you can be victorious. So there's, there's no special treatment. If I give you special treatment, then that means I'm playing favorites. And we know the word, that's a a straight violation of the word because God says, I have no favorites. So in other words, the only favorite I have is the person who makes a decision to consecrate his life and do the word. That's where God shows up where people do do, uh, adapt and do his word. So we have to adapt. We have to do his word because God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. And whatever you're not going to sow, you're going to reap exactly what you sowed. If you sowed nothing, you get nothing. If you sow, if you sow uh, distress, anger, fear, you get it back. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You, you ought not to be want to be that person. Amen? Amen. Amen. Faith is determined by what, but it's not, like I said, it's not dependent on what you own or what you do not have. That's right. That's good. It's not used to determine a connection, what you have and what you don't have. 
oh, I have this, that means I'm connected with God. I must be okay because I have a nice house. That doesn't mean you're okay with God. That just means you got a bill. If you let God help you get things and you say, I'm putting my trust and faith in God, and then I have a personal relationship with him, this is just an added bonus, but this isn't my relationship. Whether I have this or don't have this, yeah. it doesn't define my connection with him. Yeah, that's right. Then I have a real relationship with him. Yeah. I, my relationship of what I have to do, well, let me just put it this, what I've had and what I have not had over the years never defined my relationship today. Right. Made it a choice. Yeah. Whether I have a nice car or don't have a nice car, I choose to follow him. I'm not going to wave my flag. I'm not going to leave my wife because I don't love her anymore yeah. because I don't live in a nice house and a nice car yeah. because I'm not happy with my kids and my family. No, what I, faith says is, I thank you, Father, for this word. I know if I do this word, yeah. things are going to change in my Come wife's in my, in my family. It's going to change in my life. It's going to change my home. It's going to change in my surroundings. I, I'm already exchanging a low life for a higher life immediately from the day I received Jesus Christ. That means that even though I may not see things right away happen, they're taking place because I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. I'm doing the word. I'm walking in love. I'm training my kids in the fearful admonition of the things of the Lord. Amen. And because I'm doing that, there's a blessing. I don't, I don't, I don't get into fear wondering if my kids are going to go out and, you know, like poor old Job, uh, making sacrifices lest they curse their heart or curse God and die. Or they're doing something that is reprehensible and I'm concerned about their future. Because I'm, I'm now operating out of a mode of fear. Like I said, we're no longer do- dominated by fear. That's right. We should be no longer do- uh, dominated by it. Right. And if we're allowing our feelings to dominate us, mm-hmm. our emotions to dominate us, we are not in faith. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't tie it because of the way the environment is or the way that you know, everything's going. I just can't. Why? Well, I'm afraid if I do, that's why. Because you're in fear. You're allowing fear to have its final say. Yeah. And God says, don't let it have its final say in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, feelings are a form of thinking. Mm-hmm. There are, feelings are a for, is a, just a different way of thinking. It's, it's all it is. It's just thinking. Fear. I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's still, a, it's still a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a way of thinking that when you operate and perpetuate, uh, build your life out of that way of thinking, it robs you. That's right. I said it robs you. That's right. Faith, when, when, when people feel good, they feel good through though, as though God had heard their prayers. Some people do, especially people who are very feeling-based. I skipped ahead a little bit ahead of myself. I wrote something in my notes. and Your feelings should not be dictated like say, well, I prayed, had a good prayer time, I feel good, and now that means God heard me. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't feel really good after prayer. I kind of felt the same way I went in. Yeah. Uh, God must have not heard me. Come on. That, is, that is not faith. That's right. That's faith right. is not moved by what it sees. Faith is not moved by what it's here, hears. It, it, it does it regardless. Yes. Regardless, independent of emotion, yes. independent of feeling. Because yes. it's not going to be do- dominated by feelings. Because yes. right. some days you're going to feel heard, some days you won't feel like you're heard. Yeah. It doesn't mean he hasn't heard you. Right. You know how you know God's heard you? Yeah. He's heard faith in your voice. That's how he knows. That's how you know he's heard you. So when you're addicted to the wrong thing, 
in a personal relationship, you can use that item and use that like as a springboard for more wrong thinking. You, you'll be continue to make wrong associations of forms of thinking if you continue down that path of wrong thinking. In other words, if you begin to start thinking ill of your wife in a small thing, it'll grow. If you start thinking small thing, bad things about your boss of distrust, you, you, he's just holding out me. I'm just going to, I'm going to be stuck here doing this. I'm never going to get promoted. You'll, you'll start to live under the fear and then you'll start to operate. You'll start to build your life based on those aspects and components of your life that you're, you're, that you're never going to make it, that you're not good enough. Uh, it's because I'm, I'm Mexican. It seems like everybody in this place is, you know, you'll, you'll start to, you'll start to look at things that are not even really true. You say the only people in this job that are in management are white. And then then the reality is you've got three Hispanic people and a couple white people and one black guy or or however that combination is. And you'll, you'll build that lie up to yourself. Well, you know, you will then, well, then you'll say, well, then if that doesn't work, well, you know, they, it's, they just, they're just friends. That's the only reason why they got promoted is because they're just friends. Uh Uh See how that is? Because you're starting to lie to yourself. You, you, you're, you're not saying that, well, may, and you're allowing your fear to dictate it rather than yeah. say, maybe I just need to change. Yeah. Maybe I just need to show up to work on time. Maybe yeah. I just need to make sure I come to work dressed, prepared. Yeah. I got my helmet on. I'm fully clothed. I'm ready to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not sitting there clicking on the internet, messing with my phone. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised at how many times I go to these, uh, these stores, mm-hmm. these department stores. And people are out there goofing around. They're supposed to be working, helping customers, but they're just looking on their phone. You know, they're, they're texting, doing whatever. Now, they could be texting between the coworkers there, and I don't know that. But sometimes it just, it don't look like they're working. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. You, you can't go very far in life modeling that and people see you doing that kind of stuff. I know one gentleman who had been working at a, at a place for a, for a number, uh, for, for not very long. And I looked at him, I said, you ain't going to last doing this, doing this job. He thought he was, I wasn't going to insult him there. If I go, you ain't going to last. He goes, he looked at me like, well, why do you say that? Cause you're a good worker. I said, you're on top of things. I mean, you're, you're paying attention. You're asking questions. You're making me feel like I'm being listened to. I mean, you're, you're not going to go. It's funny you say that cause I just got promoted to management. I go, well, it's not funny, but it's the Lord. You need to spend time with him so he'll promote you. Amen. So I want to encourage those of you who are sitting out there right now to make sure that you list, spend time listening to the Lord so that he can promote you. It's not about getting yourself promoted. It's about listening to the spirit and follow the promptings of the spirit that gets you promoted. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to over over to John. I was really worried that I, I was going to burn through my notes so quick, but I think I'm doing good <laughs> on my notes. John chapter 20. Amen. Thomas had a, how many of you know Thomas had a lot to learn in the things of God? Mm-hmm. He had a lot to learn. And sometimes... You know, we get we can get put put in situations that can cause us to uh, really feel like we're not getting going any place. And I think in some respects, you know, when you witness a tragedy like maybe and I'm just like, say, for example, let's just give Thomas the benefit of the doubt. You know, his 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 Messiah died on the cross. And so he was feeling the loss of that. So we, we don't know why he was at where he was at. But we do know this, not everybody was in that same boat as Thomas was. In other words, he allowed himself to get put in a place 
to now where he's, his faith is only sense-driven. We can allow ourselves to get to a place where, where, where we, we only believe what we see and we believe only what we touch because we're allowing ourselves to be dominated by the cares of this world. And over here in, in John chapter 20, verse 24, but Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, uh, was not with them when Jesus came. I like one of the things when Jesus came. Well, I, one thing I've, I've we, it's funny when, when we say these things, but it's amazing how by the Spirit, everyone else will say the same thing. But, but notice that he, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed, he, he was at a place where he should have been. He should have been with all of the disciples, but he wasn't there that day. And so the other disciples kept telling him, notice what the scripture says, that he kept, the disciples kept telling him, we have seen the Lord. And at some point you've got to figure he must have just got irritated with it. And because you, you, you read what he says is, unless I see in his hands the marks by the nails and put my fingers into the nail prints and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with him. Finally, Thomas is at the right place at the right time. J Jesus came through, came through and they, they were behind closed doors and stood among them and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and see my hands. Put your hands and place them in my side. Do not be faithless, O incredulous, but stop the stop your unbelief and believe this I'm, i guess i'm reading out of the amplified thomas answered him my lord my god jesus said to him because you have seen me thomas you did not believe trust have faith blessed and happy and to be envied are those who have never seen me and yet have believed and adhered and to trust and relied on me wow He had to notice two things. He had to see it. He said, I have to see it and I have to touch it. Or mm -hmm. any time when you begin to invo involve your sensory data or the, where you have to touch and see something happen, you're no longer in faith. That's right. As soon as you say, unless I see it, you won't see it. Mm -hmm. You won't see it. Thomas based his faith on his senses which basically in turn made his faith on what he felt. There was a man who uh, I, I noticed, I don't know how much of this, it, it's, this is kind of a not, it's kind of an a interesting thing to me because, you know, we can push ourselves into situations in life if we're not careful to where we put our trust and such natural things like, well, my mom was never there for me and neither were my step parents, neither was my stepdad. And because neither one was there, I feel such betrayal that I'm never gonna, you know, I don't like my mom. I, you know, women have just, especially the woman who was most important to me didn't trust me and, and my father abandoned me and even the stepfathers that she had didn't accept me. And so now you feel trapped, like you are all alone and, and you're going by this feeling of being isolated and, 
And the problem with going with that feeling is, is that it brings you to an area of deception because there's one who already has been rejected by man, who has already been abandoned, who is already isolated. That, that if you'd learn to trust him to fill that gap, you won't be deceived by that pattern and that way of thinking. Because we can't allow ourselves to think in, in, in line of rejection. Because it, 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 is, it, is, it is laced that it is laced with a feeling that is so devilish and it's, its design is destruction and separation of you and your soul. That's all it's there for. It's there to bring you to ruin. You may have been rejected, but there's one that accepts you. Just because not everybody agrees with your lifestyle or the way you live doesn't mean they don't love you or accept you because yeah. God accepts you. He loves you. Amen. He may not accept the sin, but he loves you. Mm -hmm. And his call to you is to separate you from the very sin, the very lie that you have concocted to yourself that has kept you bound over the years. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're no longer dogged and dominated by the fears of inadequacy, mm -hmm. of an uncertain future. Mm -hmm. But you are like a breath of fresh air. <sighs> wow, I'm free. That's you. Yeah, That's what you've been called to. Amen. Yeah, that's, right. That's what you've been called Amen. to. No longer, no longer bound by fear. Come on. Come on. No longer held down. Medical science heals the physical body. Christian science attempts to, heal, attempts to heal the mind, but only God can heal to touch the spirit. Amen. Do you hear what I said? Only God heals the spirit. Only God works through the spirit. And God does more things through the spirit than any of those other things can, combined can do. God does more. God is able to do more. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. I believe we're getting close to closing here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. We, we are no longer, we are no longer dominant, did not, uh, I want to say denominated. We're no longer dominated. <laughs> we're no longer, uh, that too, denominated and dominated by fear. No longer. Mm -mm. We're, not, we're not moved by our feelings. We're not feelings led, feelings moved. And over here in Matthew chapter nine verse eighteen, Jesus raises a girl, a, a girl, and a, raises a girl from the dead and heals a sick woman, right? And in verse eighteen, he was saying in the synagogue, he was saying this in a synagogue. Leader came and knelt before him and said, "My daughter just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live." I want you to notice is this man's already speaking the answer. He's telling Jesus, "This is what you're going to do." And he knows that he's going to do it because if you come over and you lay hands, you're going to live. And Jesus got up and went with him. And so did his disciples. You know, when you, when you, when you come to God in an intimate way and say, you know what, please, I, you're my only answer. He shows up. You've got to realize that he's your only answer. And Jesus went, then went then just as then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. 
She said to herself, if only I could touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her take her daughter. He said, your faith, take heart, daughter. Your, he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue, notice that Jesus, as soon as he touched her, she was healed immediately. The Bible said in some versions, his virtue was released from him because she touched him. Can I point something out? This woman could have stayed home rather justifiably because she says, you know, it's not lawful. It's illegal. Did you hear what I said? It's illegal for me to go out of my house. It's illegal to go out after God and worship him and even touch him because of my condition. She didn't, she didn't follow those, those rules. There was something on the inside of her that says, if I know, if I could just touch him, I will be made whole. You have got to get to the point in your life where you're just saying, you know what, regardless of my fears, regardless of the things that are trying to intimidate me, I will live my life fearless. I'm going to go after Jesus. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to live in the fulfillment of following after God and see the power of God show up resident in my life. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, he's a good God. He'll show up where you're at. Regardless of your circumstance, he showed up and he met her where she was at. Hundreds of people tugging. Hundreds of people touching him. One made a withdrawal. One took from straight from heaven because she decided to, to never mind her fears, to never mind what was going on around her and said, you know what, today, today's my day. You've got to say, today's my day. I receive my healing. I receive, I receive that all that God has for me. See, she was focused on the answer. And she got it. Faith doesn't consider the limitations. All the people that are around surrounding Jesus. Faith doesn't go with a preconceived notion that it's not getting nothing. It's coming with the idea, I'm here to get something. I'm not making God do anything he hasn't already. He already wants to do it. He's already done it and it's already, he's already done it. Amen. When we step out, we build bridges. Do you hear what I said? When we step out and there's nothing there, we we build bridges. Mm -hmm. Without movement, you won't have a shot of experiencing God's best. Mm -hmm. This is particularly important when you are drawing near to Him. Our role in movement of faith is pursuing intimacy with Him by spending time in His Word and worshiping Him and following His direction and promptings. These breed the intimacy that Jesus modeled to you and I that we should have while on this earth, that we should be intimate with the Father to expect God's best. Do you want a successful walk with the Lord? Have God's word, have God's word on whatever thing you're believing God for. You want to be a step above and experience the fullness of God? Be quick to believe God's word. Do you want to live a life separated and consecrated? Refuse to consider the contradictory, contradictory circumstances of your physical senses. 
regardless of what they may tell you. Be quick to repent, lay down wrong thinking, lay down wrong thinking about others, and begin to give God the praise. Begin to give God the praise. Praise Him, even when you don't have anything. Praise Him, even when the children are sick. Praise Him, even when you may not be able to find a job. And see God turn those things around. He always does. He always has. And He's not done with you. He is not done with you. Don't be afraid. T tell that fear. Fear? Say, let's just say this together. I'm going to say this together with you, those of you who are sitting at home and even here at home, here at this house. Father, today we put fear in its place. Out the door. Down the street. Fear. You get going. You get going, fear. You don't belong here. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of faith. Separated. Consecrated. By God. And I praise you, Father God. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Father God. So good. You've always been so good. You've always brought me to the other side. So faithful. You've always been so faithful. So faithful to me. So faithful. Come on. Build on it.
Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your precious presence. We worship you. We adore you. I thank you, Father. Our eyes and our minds are alert. We don't give in to fear. We don't give in to the feelings of inadequacy. We are no longer, we are no longer kept by feelings. Our feelings don't keep us. Feelings go up and down. But we're secure. We're secure in the things of God. So that's why we're able to praise you, Father. That's, where, that's why we're able to worship you. Because our confidence is not in us. It's in you and your ability. So we rest in you, Heavenly Father. We rest in you. Yeah. It may, it may be dark where you're at, but it's 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 becoming a new day. I see light breaking out over your situation. I see light breaking over that situation. The oh, oh, the situation, oh, it seemed dark, but there's light. There's light at the end of this tunnel. There's hope. There's hope. I see, I see you declaring God's promises. I see you saying to yourself, I'm not going to live like this anymore. No, you're not caving in. You're going to make it. Say, I am. I am. I'm going to make it. So today we, we make a firm decision to no longer be moved by our feelings. We choose to love even if our feelings say other, otherwise. We, we stay hopeful. We stay full of faith knowing God is our provider. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Well, church, I love you. We love you. Um, stay close. Stay full of the word. And be confident. Be confident. I said be confident knowing that the words that have been sown in your life over the years, they will produce. Say it, will produ it does produce in me. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. And we'll see you.